undying imperishable. We are this timeless presence, unborn, undying imperishable. We are this timeless presence, safe at home in the heart. Greetings, fellow dream animals. Welcome. This podcast is a place where silence grows a tongue. Words turn into Dharma bells. And astrology is understood as a mystical practice more suited to poetry than psychology. To make the podcast more meditative and digestible, there will be four Dharma bell breaks, followed by 30 seconds of silence. At the end of the podcast, you're invited to join me for a few minutes of devotional chanting. If you would like to learn more about my Astrodharma readings and online courses, please visit my website, astrodharma.org. We begin this month with a prayer by a Christian astrologer. Thou, Christ, art the sublime sun being, with us always, ever seeing. From thee, O Lord, we could not hide, for in thy heart we do abide. There is no clean line between meditation and prayer. Turning inward, we see how we've hardened our ego and ghosted our soul. our charming role-play, a bloody amputation. Before we can say yes or no to prayer, flickers of remorse and repentance erupt, and with them, a mute cry for help. Meditation turns into prayer prayer into meditation. Perhaps we need a new word for meditation, one that honors the power of prayer to break our addiction to selfing. Meditation. Ah, but is this God talk of any real consequence? Notice the rush to absolute truth. A more fruitful question, can belief in a presence that cares be developmentally helpful, 
regardless of whether it is minutely and absolutely accurate on the cosmic scale. Absolutely, it's called being human. By turning to a cosmic parent, we reparent ourselves, develop a living relationship with our hurtable human heart. And from there, build a healthy, non-dissociative bridge beyond our me-stories into timeless presence. Prayer implies not just a personal God, but the existence of an eternal soul. What happens to meditation without this? Think about it. Why wrestle free of dark thoughts and moods if, in the end, the victory amounts to nothing but complete personality whiteout? If our triumphs over existential angst have no cumulative impact beyond our diaper deathbed why not numb to our inner demons? Said another way, why meditatively invest in a blip with a lip? Can you see how the prayerless trivialize the journey of the soul? undermining the entire human project? How easily meditation slips into premature reabsorption. Have you ever seen a sick, orphaned animal on the side of the road and kept driving? God's not like that. On the expressway of prayer, God stops the car, scoops us up, and heads for the hospital. Understood in this way, the sweatiness of prayer and the spaciousness of meditation are one continuous movement the confessions of ego washing back and forth with the fullness of being. Until finally, alone in our head becomes God's feather bed. Off the cushion, the straddling of the personal and the transpersonal takes the shape of meditative relating. Tibetan Buddhists call this licking honey from the razor's edge. We enjoy the sweetness of bridging the interpersonal gap, even as we savor the one being. 
this is our true vocation. The job we show up for, late or on time, every day of our lives. Is the experience of God up there, man down here, a pitiful anthropomorphic fantasy? No. It's a way of allowing our nervous system to relax and feel so well loved that it melts into genuine, include and transcend oneness. Perhaps today is the day we actually show up for work, confessing, I've been trying so hard to be okay with this prayerless funk, this unnatural effort to numb the needs of orphaned ego. It's time to stop this spiritual wife beating, to end the cruelty that this funk has set upon my hurtable human heart. Embarrassed, hesitant, and sick with feelings of fraud, we pause the transcendence, bow our heads, and confess. The rocket of pure awareness needs a launching pad prayer. In the throes of God talk, we face our spiritual insincerity, our clunky self-conscious attempts at humility. We confess we've become a clever ghost a dissociated shell of a person, stuffed with memorized roomy-speak. Who am I? A well-dressed orphan, dreaming of union through tidy, self-generated breakthroughs. A wailing infant muffled into silence by a pillow called the Dharma. In the nick of time, meditation puts itself out of business. We trade in otherworldliness for a confession booth, a messy, wound-friendly space to step into with the friend. If you're anything like me, there's a slap in the face waiting for you in the dark alley of prayer. Dear God, my meditation was motivated by the fantasy of antiseptic transcendence. I was contributing to the drift towards transhumanism.
The gateway to God talk is realism. We are spiritual toddlers, and our dependence on human parents was just a running start. A template to aim us at an ethereal elder. And if we are lucky enough to be touched by the wand of ego-melting prayer, it will happen in those moments when we accurately locate ourselves. When we wake up from this restless dream of sovereignty and confess, I am hanging naked, helpless, on a cross of spirit and matter, and I need help. Ah, now we can ascend. Hold us in your timeless glory and let the whole human story take a rest. Prayer is not a psychological trick. It's a response to a gnawing, inescapable question festering in our subconscious. Time. You can't win, and you have to play. Now what? Like it or not, we've spent our whole life, all day, every day, answering this question. The good news It's God's ingenious evolutionary prod. And there couldn't be a better motivator to pray. Time. You can't win. And you have to play. Now what? Ego imagines a wide variety of philosophical responses to this question. Soul knows there's only two, cynicism or mysticism. Grasp at the diminishing returns of time or fly through the portal of the timeless. Time. You can't win and you have to play. Now what? This is our roomy seed, pressed into the soil of our psyche, eager to be soaked and sprouted by a life of meditation. 
The truth is, all brains pray. If only during the oh shit moments of crisis and loss. The question then is, how can we move from crisis management prayer to proactive prayers that honor the soul, trivialize the techno-sapien, and light up a guided universe? Perhaps the best place to begin is to pray to pray well. May our self-conscious ego-stained prayers slowly and steadily be purified, draining our eyes of loneliness, soothing our nervous system and lighting up the shepherding presence. May prayer groom us day by day, year by year, into a soul-seeing elder, gifting the young of faith with sublime emanations, the poise of a Tao-saturated soul. Did it ever occur to you that the reason we park ourselves in front of glowing screens is to escape the humiliating encounters with ego that arise during moments of stillness, meditation, and prayer? Perhaps divine entertainment is the only thing that can rival the iPhone's dazzling light show. I find it interesting that as relationship to a personal God goes out of style, so too does marriage. Seems divorce from the lover upstairs has desacralized the lover across the table. It makes sense. It's not enough to lock into the beauty of another soul as they are now. Quickly, while the love is still hot out of the oven, we must begin praying for an unfading appreciation of our beloved's ageless innocence in the future. When God's soul-hammering planetary transits test the metal of our love. In the springtime of love, we lock eyes with something pure and holy. 
God gives us a running start. Only the prayerless dare waste the momentum. How does the love between graying couples survive? By understanding that personal leal love comes tethered to Aquarian service to community. The love between true elders isn't just for them. An invisible network of souls frightened and wavering in their faith is looking on, asking, did their daily practice prepare them to disappear in style together? Do the symbols of astrology have more to say about the value of prayer? Absolutely. In the next section, we'll take a look at the six archetypal polarities that vibrate inside us. Each one a synapse, eager to be fired by the spark of prayer. Shepherding presence, safety of souls and overcomer of the gap. Thank you for the ageless innocence shining from every eye. Sacred wounder. Straightener of spines and killer of clever. May your presence be as a descending dove, exposing the one sadness, inflaming our magnetic center until this lumbering caravan to midnight explodes into a mischievous troupe of grave dancers. Prayer is the bridge between longing and belonging. Too cool to set foot on the bridge? Too vast and non-dual to believe in an interested entity? Here's a few astrological reasons to reconsider. Aries is the symbol of individuation. Pisces the symbol of reabsorption. 
This is the Aries to Pisces wheel of incarnation playing out in the life of every soul. To the extent we pace inside the cage of lower octave areas, personal will and identity, we feel ourselves as orphaned egos on a countdown. The soul then has no choice but to chase after the intoxicating, deathless dimension of Pisces. The question is, will we grasp at the material world for chemistry-jarring altered states? Or will we ground into the fullness of being through meditation and prayer, sangha and selfless service? The 12 signs of astrology are actually six polarities, each with its own unique argument for the validity of a personal God. Number one, Aries Libra. The message of astrology is clear. We don't wake up from ego, we wake up inside it. And we really don't know what's going on in our Aries head without a Libran soul mirror, an ego-evoking soul who sheds light on our moods and motivations. Aries Libra, self and other, is the matrix in which souls evolve. Could the same principle apply to man's relationship to God? We don't really know what's going on in our heart of hearts until some caring otherworldly presence listens us into being. Souls don't strip naked for just anybody. They need a mighty sense of being safe, seen, cared for. That and the humble admission that hiding is not an option. Only a personal God could do that. An empathic gaze that cries right there alongside us. Number two, Taurus Scorpio. The soul needs prayer like cement needs rebar. Prayer makes us resilient, quake-proof like the high-rise buildings in Japan. No one knows when Scorpio's transformational shake will arrive. 
So we must build Taurus God Talk into our lives while our world is quiet and secure. Taurus also rules money, what we value, the savings we will need to carry us through Scorpio's visceral death and rebirth cycles. No matter how much money we have, we are impoverished without a soul-steadying practice, unshaken by trauma and loss. Something fad-free and tested over generations, like prayer. Number three, Gemini Sagittarius. Silence wants to grow a Gemini tongue. Why? So overarching Sagittarian truths can flow through us, inspiring others to inquire into their soul's true direction and purpose. Through curious Gemini self-inquiry, we march truth by truth to the cliff edge of thought, where, with the help of prayer, we lean forward, communing with God in free fall. Prayers are the thoughts that take us beyond thought. They de-orphan us and open up a lively, otherworldly conversation. This is the end game of Gemini Sag. The conversation mind has been restless for its whole life. Number four, Cancer Capricorn. The most basic human longing is to be taken care of. So strong is this cancer need that forced to choose, most humans would choose being taken care of over being free. This makes astrological sense. Cancer nurture is primary. On the wheel of incarnation, cancer arrives first on the scene, providing a foundation of tender loving guidance from which we later launch into our Capricorn role in society. The implication is clear. The soul, as it matures over lifetimes, is developmentally handicapped without a personally guiding presence. We are not chicks in an incubator. We need more than impersonal light. Souls, like children, need personal guidance to mature 
into spiritual adulthood. Dictators and tyrants know this. If they can stamp out or curtail people's connection to Father Mother God, the citizenry will gradually turn to the Capricorn state to fill the cancer void. Their connection to an otherworldly authority replaced by the faraway force of government ruling over them with godlike power. Number five, Leo Aquarius. When we reject the personal dimension of God in favor of the transpersonal, we are rejecting Leo in favor of Aquarius. Equality in favor of hierarchy. As any good leader knows, both styles of governance, the executive decisions of Leo and the consensus decisions of Aquarius, both have their time and place. Notice how fast the hierarchy-hating communities of the 60s folded. Sorry, without a magnetic center, planets fly out into space. Leo is ruled by the sun, Aquarius, the spinning community of planets. It's no accident that our bodies are housed in baby solar systems. Each atom, a community of planet-like electrons spinning around a sun-like center. To embrace Aquarian equality of being and reject the God's solar personalness is a rejection of our very atomic structure. Number six, Virgo Pisces. What happens when Pisces communion becomes part of our daily Virgo routine? When work becomes meditation and Virgo fault-finding takes a back seat to Pisces, perfection seeing. When we become mystics in the matrix, how will we speak? Is there anything to say? What will the energetic signature of our wake be as we walk through a room? The answer, of course, is God's business. 
But this level of surrender and non-interference is beyond ego's ability. The best we can do is pray to be in the world but not of it and embody the balance of Virgo and Pisces, mystical realism. To pray not so much for things but for compassion and soul-seeing power to love wisely. Immersed in the Immaculate, the details take care of themselves. Okay, let's say you're ready to dip your toe into prayer. How to get started. First, we'll need a name that resonates with your experience of the divine. Consider this list of newfangled names for God. Ask yourself, which is most personally moving? Which is most likely to motivate me to confess and undress. Take note of this name as you will need it for the upcoming prayer. Great Spirit, Shepherding Presence, Seer of Souls, Warmer of Hearts, Merciful witness, sublime sun being, lion of mercy, king of happiness, straightener of spines, killer of clever. O oh, mother mystery, safety of souls, forgiver of sins, healer of hearts. Unborn, undying, imperishable, space between everything, storyless presence. Overcomer of the gap, ageless innocence lover who never leaves. What matters most is your immediate visceral reaction. Did one pop out at you? Let's go through them again. Great Spirit, Shepherding Presence, Seer of souls, warmer of hearts, merciful witness, sublime sun being, lion of mercy, king of happiness, straightener of spines, 
killer of clever. O Mother Mystery, safety of souls, forgiver of sins, healer of hearts, unborn, undying, imperishable, space between everything, storyless presence, overcomer of the gap, ageless innocence, lover who never leaves. Now that you have your new name, we'll need to get still enough to tune into our herdable humanness. Not easily done on this manically distracted planet. Perhaps the following prayer will help you get in the mood. Let's begin. With hands overlapping at the center of your chest, allow your eyelids to fall and take a few breaths. The world is reeling, a storm of forgiveness and offense. That's why you douse me in radical emptiness. Oh, Mother Mystery, this sober dying makes no sense. That's why you douse me in radical emptiness. Torch of the Spirit needs fuel to burn a dream so dense. That's why you douse me in radical emptiness. Like rain on the ocean, lifetimes dissolve in consciousness. That's why you douse me in radical emptiness. My soul is thirsty for a causeless happiness. That's why you douse me in radical emptiness. Love is a secret the time will not confess. That's why he douse me in radical emptiness. Okay, now that we're immersed in the atmosphere of soul, we can start to look around. Perhaps a subtle wave of brokenheartedness is moving through. Some holy tears pressing to be felt and released. Or perhaps there's an air of thanksgiving, a gratitude that were we to fully feel it might break us open. Like the fear of releasing ourselves into orgasm. 
Or perhaps there is simply equanimity. Or is it numbness and judgment for feeling nothing? This too is a welcome traveler in the guest house of prayer. Brokenheartedness, gratitude, equanimity, numbness, all passing states are welcome here. All eager to be met by the merciful witness. God's presence within. Now let's transition into prayer. Begin by reciting your new name, silently or aloud, then, with innocence and wonder, let your heart speak, saying yes to whatever wants to be said through you. Astrology has always been a prod to pray. As Carl Jung said, the underlying primary psychic reality is so inconceivably complex that it can be grasped only at the farthest reach of intuition, and then but very dimly. That is why it needs symbols. It's hard to talk about something we have no words for. In fact, the lack of words may affect whether or not we perceive it at all. That's why God gave us astrology. Astrology, the language of felt archetype, cracks the code of personality, illuminates the presence of soul and floods the world with divine personality traits. The crude contours of which we are even now embodying. That's right. We are the personal face of God, waking up to itself. And when we poo-poo the existence of a personal God, we dishonor no one but ourselves. The personal God of astrology is shining from every face, both awesome and ordinary, imminent and transcendent, personal and transpersonal. A humanly relatable God who whispers, you too are a psyche of cosmic dimensions. I'm born a 
undying imperishable. We are this timeless presence, unborn, undying imperishable. We are this timeless presence, safe at home in the heart.
Unborn, a dying, imperishable. 